My name is Brian. And I'm Andy. And this is the Duck and Mouse Podcast. Where we talk about the parks, movies, current events, and more at the place where dreams come true. Hello and welcome everyone to episode four of the Duck and Mouse podcast. How are we doing today, Brian? I'm magical. How are you? Uh, you sound like it. <laughs> I'm fine. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Today we're going to be talking about a couple of news items. Uh, we will be discussing all of the food locations in Hollywood studios. Uh, we'll just kind of go through the list and see if either of us have been there and what we thought of it. And then we will be reviewing the movie Dumbo. It was a breath of fresh air. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. All right. So what is our first news article item is it me or thingy you? today? You. So as some of you may know, as uh, Andy surely knows, there are these little plastic vinyl pop dolls that are out in the world that I, I shamefully admit that I... Not shamefully, but I, I... You're a little obsessed with them. I, I'm, I'm a little obsessed. Not as obsessed as some of my other friends. It has been announced that the Funko Pop Company is going... Or the Funko Company, which makes the pop vinyl figures, is going to be releasing a set to commemorate the Tiki Room's 55th anniversary. Oh. Um, and it's an adorable set. It comes uh, with the long-lost Barker Bird... Okay. And Pele, um, who the Barker bird is obviously one of the animatronic birds. Um, and Pele is one of the gods that's outside mm-hmm. when you're waiting in line and you watch that little show. Yep, Pele is one yeah. of those gods. So it's a two for set, a two piece set, and it will be sold um, exclusively in the parks. Um, it'll be released on the 23rd of this month, um, both in Disneyland and D- Walt Disney World. Um, in Walt Disney World, it can be found at Disney Pin Traders. Um, Caribbean Plaza and Boutique. But yeah, it's an exciting new addition to the Disney pop vinyl line. And I think it's exciting because they're exclusive um, figures to the Disney parks in celebration of the anniversary of the Tiki Room. Um, All right. So my item is... (sighs) It's another merchandise uh, thing. (laughs) And I sigh because I'm kind of sick of hearing about these. Uh, So we all know, or we've at least heard of these rose gold mini ears that that are being sold in all of the Disney parks. Well, uh, and rose gold cupcakes and and rose rose gold gold pastries at Emirates and and champagne and champagne and yeah. And then there was the whole side shoot of the millennial pink stuff. I don't think and that caught on as much no, though as the rose did. gold. Um, so there, uh, there has been uh, announced and released uh, in Disneyland. Josh, if you're listening to this, I think you need to be holding on to your seat because I have a feeling it's another rose gold item. It is a rose gold Minnie Mouse backpack. It's completely and it's sold. <laughs> it's completely covered in all sequins. And it is already sold out in Disneyland. When was was it released? When was it released? It is. Um, it was released. Well, the article is from June 9th. and so I would assume that 
it was around that time. Oh, on June 7th, the Disney style teased a brand new rose gold backpack for sale at Disneyland. And less than 24 hours later, it had already sold out. Shocker. Yeah. So that was the same as with the um, rainbow Mickey ears. They teased it like a couple weeks early Yeah, and it sold out. And then they didn't bring it back until last week. Right. They did say that uh, the backpack will be coming soon to Disney World. And I'm sure that it will sell out just as quickly as... Make sure you check the Shop Disney apps. That's a good insider tip. The um, Shop Disney app on your phones available on uh, iPhone and uh, Samsung Google Play Store. Um, the Shop Disney app gives you real-time uh, stock availability for items. Um, and it's a really useful tool. If you're looking for a specific item to punch it in and it literally shows you where through all the resorts, yep. all of the Disney, uh, shows you Disney Springs, the Disney resorts, as well as the parks where, um, exactly where, and actually a stock quantity of what items are available. Yeah. So that's a good little tool. In addition to the Walt Disney world app, download the shop Disney park app. We're not getting any sponsorship for all of these. No, mentions, we're not. But <laughs> <laughs> nope. Um, but I, I do know that that the the popularity is kind of frustrating to at least merchandise cast members um, because they're always getting constantly hounded by the question: Do you have these items? Do you well, have the rose also, gold ears? Also, the food service it gets irritating. Well, food service do because yeah. they keep they keep coming out with new, new things, things that, that we get, need to. Yeah, and and for um, people who work in a special events. Um, the guests can request anything under the sun that they want. So they can say, I want a rose gold. I want a, a Mickey ice cream um, bar, but I want to have rose gold ears. And the fabulous team at Park Event Operations will have to figure out how to do that. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I'm just kind of over. I just want to say I love Disney and I'm over the hype train of this rose gold stuff like like there's a there's also a reason why the uh quantities get sold out so quickly well because that creates a demand that right. creates it's not like it's not it. like they're running out they're, no they're only stocking a certain amount yeah to create the the demand for yeah. the product which sends it through the roof and then yeah, exactly so the same thing is going to happen with this backpack it's going to get released and it's going to immediately get sold out. And well, they did that. There were some things. There were some items at um, Company D where they would they would release certain items in limited quantities and they would run out. And then you'd have to either find another Company D store that had them or um, just wait for it to come out. Like I know when when Great Movie Ride closed, they released a special edition cast member Great Movie Ride closing T-shirt, and within a day, it was sold out yeah. from all the locations. We are going to be taking a trip to Hollywood Studios, and we're going to be talking about some of the foods that uh, that Hollywood Studios has to offer. Restaurants. Yes. All and such. There is a lot of food selection at Hollywood Studios. Yes. Um, so I'm going to just kind of break this down into sections. So we're going to talk about all of the like stand type food where there's not any kind of seating. I'll talk about quick service foods uh, where there is seating, but it's not like a table service. And then I will talk about the table service things. We'll be uh, discussing Woody's lunchbox at the end of this. 
just talking about what the menu is because it's been released. And uh, we'll just kind of talk about whether we've been there or not and what we liked about it, what we felt, how we felt about the ambiance and uh, stuff like that, if the food was good. So kind of an overview of, of the food selections there. Obviously, everything is geared towards Hollywood um, or towards Hollywood. movie making or um, that sort of thing. And as with all Disney things, all the food is themed in all the restaurants. All the restaurants are heavily themed. All of the food is themed towards that restaurant. Um, and yeah. Okay. So the uh, the food locations that we have are kind of in alphabetical order. So we'll be jumping around the park a little bit. First uh, thing I have is the Anaheim Produce Stand. Uh, have you been there? I have. Okay. Have you been? There? I've not been there. Really? Yeah. So Anaheim Produce is as you're walking down the road to Hollywood's uh, Tower, Tower of Terror. Terror. Yep. It's on the left hand side. It's a small little stand. Um, it's there's Anaheim Produce and then there's a really good pin trader stand. Yes, it's great. Um, Anaheim produce is just kind of like a little snack. Like they have, they have like oranges and bananas and they have like bags of chips and just little things. Yeah. They also actually have um, hummus and pretzel dip, which is a really nice little alternative. Um, But they have frozen margaritas. I thought I was just going to ask you. And they they are amazing. Okay. Every time I go to studios, usually on my way back from, um, tower because i don't want to drink it before tower (laughs) um but they have the most amazing frozen margaritas the flavors change seasonally um so i think when i had it there was it was like a mango margarita maybe okay um you don't taste the alcohol at all but you feel it and it's wonderful (laughs) especially on a hot day so i would recommend the frozen margaritas at anaheim produce all right i've never been there and they also have sorry um they also have little um Pickles in individual bags. They're so adorable. It's like a whole pickle in an individual bag. It's cute. Okay, first off, I'm sorry for all of our audience members whose ears are bleeding from that. And secondly, it's a pickle in a bag. Yeah, it's And it's precious. probably way too expensive, too. <laughs> okay, next up we have Dockside Diner. And that is the, uh, there's like a, kind of like a moat, or a, there's like a, a lagoon kind of pond thing in the center of Hollywood Studios. When you go first into Hollywood Studios, you go down the main street there, and then there's this big pond there. And there's this kind of like weird looking boat thing, and they have... It's called Echo Lake. Echo Lake, sure. And this there's a boat that's there that's actually a quick service location. Um, I've never been there. Have you? I've never been there either, but it usually has a fairly lar- long line. Um, the menu is is super simple. It's like hot dogs and they have they serve breakfast lunch and dinner um they have breakfast burritos they have uh hot dogs pulled pork um nachos that's pretty much it um super simple easy stuff it looks good i've never been there so i can't give my honest opinion on it but i guess if you need to go find a place to get your children a hot dog that's your place to go yeah well there are several places that you'll be able to do that in the parks but uh before we get to that uh fairfax fair is the next location so again i've not been to fairfax fair i actually don't know where it is i'm pretty sure fairfax fair is on the same road as anaheim uh oh you're right it is it is yeah uh now that i think about it i might have stopped there and gotten like nachos or something um they have a vegan chili dish um which is good to know for people who are looking for that option. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a Mexican, uh, uh, style 
menu, they do have uh, mobile ordering, which oh, is which is a good, good thing yep. um, to mention. And I'll keep mentioning it when I find places. But uh, Fairfax Fair has mobile ordering, Mexican-inspired menu. Very good. Moving All right. Um, keep on going on that road there. We come to Hollywood Scoop, and that is an ice cream location. And I've again not really ever been there. I have. I've gotten. It's it's an ice cream place. They have Sundays. They yeah. have everything. I've gotten the ice You've cream. You've spent there. a lot more time at Hollywood Studios than I have. I will say that. Just <laughs> it's not that I haven't been to a lot of places. It's just that I haven't been to a lot of places because I didn't spend a whole lot of time there. Um, they, it's you know it's it's really good ice cream. Um, they do an apple crisp malamode, a brownie sundae. Um, one of the really good things that they have is they'll make a ice cream sandwich on fresh baked cookies. Like right there, you can pick your mm. ice cream flavor and they'll scoop it onto a cookie and make you a fresh made ice oh, cream cool. sandwich. Uh, yeah. All right. So then we're going to continue the path toward uh, Tower of Terror. And then if you kind of turn left and get into the uh, Rock and Roller Coaster Plaza there, we have the KRNR rock station which is a stand like a food stand thing that they serve a lot of hot dogs there i'm sure k r n r stands for something but i can't rock and roll r n r what's the k stand for i don't know um so yeah it's just a bunch of hot dogs they have um coney dogs there i think is kind of their one of their bigger things or maybe maybe not no they have a chili cheese dog. And that's, a regular, what it, that's what I was thinking. A regular hot dog with chips. It's it's a snack stand. They have yeah. nachos, chocolate chip cookies, chips, hot dogs. Really simple stuff to eat right before you get onto Rock and Roller Coaster and then throw it up on everybody. <laughs> All right. And then our last location uh, for food for the food stands is the Oasis Canteen. And it's just outside of the Indiana Jones uh, attraction. Yeah, we were talking about this. Yeah. Uh, earlier um and it's very popular for a food stand location um it has fresh funnel cakes they actually make the funnel cakes there they fry them fry them right there and it's a it's always a huge line they also do um a root beer float there which actually looks really good a barks root beer float um yeah and then just they have soft serve ice cream because they have that as one of the options for a funnel cake topping yeah now, I don't know, it wasn't on the list of, of places, but I know that there's a giant dinosaur that's on that's in Echo Lake where you can could, at least in the past, it was a, a snack stand. Type it must thing. not be open anymore because I don't it, see it on the yeah. um, it was an ice cream stand. Oh, okay. And it was it's I think it it was closed for refurbishment and so they just never reopened it again. I know they were last year they were, they had drained Echo Lake. Yeah. And they were working on it. Yeah. I'm sure the diners are still there, but it, it's not showing up on the list here. Yeah. All right. So moving on to our quick service locations. Um, the list is not as uh, heavy, but there are quite a few quick service locations in the parks. First one is ABC Commissary. We have actually both eaten at ABC yes. Commissary. Yeah, and it was actually really good. It I was. was. Surprised. It was. It was really good. Um, this is another place that does mobile ordering. Um, this is the busiest location in Hollywood Studios, especially during lunchtime. Um, there's a line that goes out the door 
it's just because of what it is. It's, yeah. it's quick service. So for this one, if you're going during lunchtime, I would absolutely recommend doing the mobile ordering because it's super simple and you can use your dining plan if you have that. Yep. Um, so yeah, they do lunch and dinner. There's no breakfast in there. Um, it's a home. I mean, it's a, it's a big menu with a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, everything from chicken and ribs to uh, fish and shrimp platter. Uh, they have a vegan burger, hamburger, salads. Um, so it's a good it's a good variety of different things. And their coleslaw is really good there. I remember I, I had that and I was I was pretty yeah. impressed. I would say that this location is more geared towards slightly adventurous eaters uh, because our next location is definitely if you have a picky eater at home and you're trying to find food, I would go to Backlot Express. It's, I would say, geared towards the family who has really picky eaters. Definitely. Because you've got your basic, like, chicken nuggets. Um, although I will, if, for the southern uh, families who know what chicken and waffles is, because believe it or not, there are people in this world who do not know what the glory of chicken and waffles is. <laughs> do they um, serve that here? They they did at one point when they had... Um, a Darth Vader uh, waffle shaped waffle they with still do. chicken. It's the dark side chicken and waffles. Yes. And it was okay. So because Backlot is so close to Star Wars land or to Star Wars, right now it's close to Star Tours and that yes. whole Star Wars themed area. Yeah. Um, the Backlot menu is Star Wars themed completely. Yes. Yeah. Um, it was okay. It wasn't. It wasn't anything over the top for sure. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. It I, I got I got a burger and it was, it was a burger. It was cooked all the way through. So if you like your burgers well done, this is a good place to go. There you go. But like you said, it's a good place for picky eaters because they have the chicken nuggets. They have the yeah. the, the the kids food. Um, it is also a mobile order location. Yes, it is. It's not usually super busy. Um, again, during lunchtime, it is. It gets a little bit busier, but right. I would still use a mobile order. Just if they offer mobile order, just go for it. Yeah. Uh, Catalina Eddie's. That is a uh, quick service location that's uh, on that same road as the Anaheim Produce and uh, Fairfax Fair. It is a quick service location because there is seating outside. Um, I've never been there. I think um, I got a water there once. They have pizza and Caesar salad and Uncrustables. Okay. Uh, that's pretty much that's it they again they have mobile ordering um during the lunch period that specific area catalina eddie's and there's a there's a uh, rosie's i think rosie's is right there mm -hmm. that whole outdoor seating area gets really busy um so again yeah. with the mobile ordering yep go find a table place your mobile order and go up and yeah and do it that way well since you just mentioned it uh rosie's all-american cafe is also right beside that uh they have again the typical like foods at backlot uh, chicken nuggets, uh, chicken tenders, and what else do they have? Um, they have chicken nuggets, um, hamburger. They have a fried green tomato sandwich. That actually sounds pretty good. Um, that's it. That's it. They have a little bit more selection for kids. Uh, they have a turkey sandwich for kids, uh, chicken nuggets. Um, yeah, it's, it's, that's a super simple menu as well. But again, they have uh, mobile ordering. At that location as well. Okay. All right. We have one that we kind of need to talk about. 
It's got a history, and I want to talk about it. Pizza Rizzo. So Pizza Rizzo, before it was Pizza Rizzo, it was um, Pizza Planet, based oh, right. off of Toy the Story. Toy Story films. And it was actually themed inside like Pizza Planet was. It was an arcade. There was an arcade inside, and they had tables, and they had pizza. Did you have to pay for the arcade games? I don't remember because it was such a long time ago. I never played any of them. Um, it was really, really loud. I remember it being really loud in there. Um, and so it closed down because then they were retheming it to the Muppets since it's in the Muppet area. Courtyard. There, the Muppet Courtyard. And um, it is now Pizza Rizzo. The pizza, when it was Pizza Planet, was pretty rough. It was... It was. It was. I've n- I, not. I've good. never eaten there, so I have no opinion on it. So um, when they reopened as Pizza Rizzo, I was very uh, hopeful that it was going to be better, and it's the exact same pizza. Yeah, it's not great. Um, it's a little classier there now. There is an upstairs dining area which you should take full advantage of because people don't understand but don't realize that it's there. And if you just go up the steps, that whole second floor is usually empty. So um I I ate up there and it was nice and peaceful. They have a really cool weird room on the side of that where they have like a whole bunch of lights and it was it was just it was cute. Um the pizza, but the pizza comes. Was the pizza was not great, and it comes with a little tiny cup of a side salad. And uh, the only redeeming factor was they had no onions. A, no, they had a uh, raspberry limoncello drink, alcoholic drink there that that was that made um, the frozen story uh, telling attraction very fun (laughs) (laughs) that's one way to do it yeah um okay so yeah i was kind of disappointed with pizza rizzo i i hope that they come up with something better yeah i mean it's a it's a pizza joint they have a meatball sub um that's about it uh any pasta salad as well which might actually be good sounds good and they are mobile order friendly as well all right and then our last kind of quick service location even though it doesn't have a whole bunch of seating is the Trolley Car Cafe, which is actually the park's Starbucks. Yeah, so each of the parks, the stores are not called Starbucks stores, even though they, they are 100% Starbucks stores. Um, each of the parks has a Starbucks um, in them. Some of them have, no, they all have one. Disney Springs has two. Um, but like at, at Hollywood Studios, it's called the Trolley Car Cafe. At Magic Kingdom, it's called the Main Street Bakery. Um, I don't know what it is. Uh, Epcot, what's Epcot's Fountain View? I think is, is it Fountain called. View? Yeah. And then I don't know what Animal Kingdoms is called. I don't either. But it, I know they have one. Yeah. Um, the so they it's 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 Starbucks. Yeah, it's a Starbucks. All right, we are going to move on to a little more in depth discussion about our table service restaurants here because. You're spending a lot of time there. You're getting a little more. Spending a lot of money there. Spending well. a lot of money there too. Yeah. Um, all right. So our first uh, location is Fifties Primetime Cafe, and I've also included the Tune In Lounge into this area. So we've, we've both, both been there. <laughs> I've been there 
at least twice that I can remember. Okay. Um, it, it that is my favorite place to eat in Hollywood Studios. It's very good food. That that's my favorite place. We'll get to my second favorite place. Okay. Um, so fifties prime time is heavily su- super themed. themed. <laughs> um, the the cast members that are your uh, waiters and waitresses. waiters and waitresses are family members, family members, aunts, and, uncles, and they are cousins. They act like your family members or your yeah. parents. Like they, they're completely in character and it's great to, to right. interact with them. And it's a lot of fun. It's, it's a complete dining experience there because it's, there's so much going on and you feel when you walk in, you feel like you're walking into the living room of someone's house yeah. back in the fifties. Yeah. It's everything. It feels so fifties in there. It's all authentic. It's yeah. all real stuff. Right. So, you know, and like um, the, but if, when you sit down to your table, it's you're sitting down at a at a kitchen table from the fifties. Yeah, and yeah. Every table is themed, and the way the the way that they built it, it kind of looks like a set, like a TV or movie set, because um, there's different rooms and, and yeah, it's it's really yeah. cool. And like you get yelled at if you have your elbows on the table, or, or if, if you have you, your phone out, if or if you don't eat all of your vegetables. Yeah. The the waiter or waitress will stand there and watch you like make you eat all of your vegetables. Um, a note about this restaurant. You do have to make reservations in advance as early as you can. Yeah. This restaurant books up super fast. Um, so make your reservations early. <clears throat> Excuse me. If if you are looking for a place to eat, though, kind of last minute, call or go to uh, go into the restaurant because they may have uh, cancellations for that day. Right. So if you don't have a, have a reservation, I would recommend checking in at, at the host stand at the restaurant because they may have um, cancellations and availability. And to kind of go off of that, uh, the tune-in lounge, which is is right beside the waiting area. There's like a living room where you can sit and wait for your table. Um, there's a bar. There is like an it's kind of like an ice cream parlor bar mm. type thing. Um, but they it looks serve... like it looks like a. Um, a romper room kind of bar in your parents' basement is what it reminds okay. me of. All right. Like the one we're sitting at. <laughs> uh, the, but you, you can order the entire menu. You can order from the entire fifties uh, primetime cafe menu right. at the bar if you want. And there's usually, I don't want to say there's usually, but there are sometimes open seats there. If you don't mind just going up and sitting at a bar. Right. Um, the food is, all home cooking style food. It's really, really good. Um, if I had to pick my favorite things off of it, the appetizer I would pick is the fried herb and garlic cheese oh. appetizer. Oh, it's so good. It's If anybody's <laughs> familiar with Borson cheese, it's a really soft, creamy herb garlic cheese. Um, they fry it and then they serve it with a raspberry sauce and some grapes and some uh, croutons to eat it on. And it's heavenly. I get that yeah. every time. Yeah. Um, it's not enough portion size, though. I will say that. The well, if for one person it is. Um, <laughs> okay. If you for can't, the price it if you can't decide what to get on the menu because there's a lot of good things. There's um, pot roast. There's fried chicken. There's um, amazing homemade meatloaf. So if you can't really decide because the menu is actually pretty large, if you can't decide, I would recommend getting the sampling of mom's favorite recipes. It is kind of like a blue plate special where it's, you get a small sampling of all the items. You get fried chicken, you get pot roast, and you get meatloaf. And it's the that is the best option for me because you get a taste of all of their really 
top selling items. Yeah, yeah. I got the fried chicken dinner, uh, winner winner chicken dinner, <laughs> and it uh, it was too much. I had to take food home with me and. At a theme park, I know that that's not something that's ideal. <laughs> if you're going to eat somewhere in the park, you don't really want to have to take food with you. But there was like just too much food there. And I couldn't, for the cost of what it is, I couldn't in my right mind right. just leave it and throw the rest of the, that food away. So, um, and, and they do have food containers you can take with you. Uh, but it, it was too much for me. If you're, if you're, not a huge eater. I would say splitting the sampler platter with two people would be a perfect size. Uh, I would also food. Uh, I would also choice. definitely recommend to save room for dessert because they're all their desserts are homemade and they are really really good. So do that. Okay, so the next uh, the next location is the Baseline Tap House. I will say that neither Brian nor myself have been there because it opened after we left and we haven't been back since. So we haven't been able to uh, take a sampling of what all is being offered there. Baseline Tap House is um, pretty much just that. It's a it's a beer kind of restaurant. They do beer flights. Um, it's over by the Muppets uh, Courtyard. It's in a new uh, section that they created over there it's actually a really cute little section it is really cute um don't go into this place thinking it's a restaurant because it is not it's more of a a pub um and beer location than it is a restaurant the only food items that they have is they have a bavarian pretzel which is served with a um, cheese fondue and a spicy mustard they have a charcuterie plate with um, meats and cheeses and they have a coffee rubbed ribeye steak puff with olive salad which is probably, I haven't seen it, I haven't tried it, but it's probably just a little appetizer, three or four bite item um, for that. But that's that. literally that's all the food they have. So don't go into it thinking it's a restaurant because it, it ain't. All right. Our next location is the Brown Derby and the, the, the Brown Derby Lounge. They're kind of both the s- similar things. Um, They're both in the same location. Yeah. The um, lounge is just kind of like the outdoor area. Yeah. So the Brown Derby obviously is the classic Brown Derby restaurant that was in Hollywood, uh, creator of the Cobb salad. Um, and that restaurant to me is themed almost as well as fifties um, prime time because mm-hmm. it is an exact replica of what it was, of what it was yeah. in Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, down to the uniforms that the, that the servers wear, the the wood in the booths i mean it is literally an exact replica of that of that entire restaurant and it's really a beautiful restaurant it's from the golden age of hollywood it's a really really gorgeous restaurant um it is very expensive it is very expensive it'll cost you at least 15 or 20 of your uh meal plan uh, things (laughs) yeah not for real just but it it's it's expensive It's a very expensive uh, i say we start off with the um lounge because neither of us has been there okay so the lounge is an outdoor seating area that uh they have at the brown derby it's a little bit less expensive it's not the full brown derby menu but they do have quite a large selection of um brown derby items or of, of food items to have um it's made up of small plates and uh desserts so there's nothing, if you're looking for like a full menu, you could probably make a, a full meal out of small plates, but there's nothing like full entree size 
things out there, but everything looks good on the menu. Again, I've never eaten there. You can get the famous Hollywood Brown Derby Cobb salad out there. Uh, so if that's what you're looking for, you can get that there. They have uh, sliders, arepas, um, and of course they have the Brown Derby original mini grapefruit cake, which apparently is something big and famous that the Brown Derby was known for as well. Okay, all right. I'm glad you knew all of that information because I, <laughs> I know nothing about that restaurant. It's it, it's a really good restaurant. Um, and then again, back to the the original the Brown Derby restaurant, not the not the cafe. It is uh. They they say that it's over sixty dollars per adult for that restaurant, um, and I, again I would recommend reservations for that restaurant because even though it is expensive, it does book up. It's a really nice, it's actually a really nice date restaurant. If you want to go, if you want to have a date night, which I recommend, if you're at our par- at, at the Disney parks for more than like three or four days, I would recommend the adults have a nice date night to get away from the kids, get a babysitter, take the kids to one of the the kids centers centers. Yeah. Um, Brown Derby is a really nice date night restaurant. Um, you know, their menu is is Brown Derby menu. It's golden age of Hollywood. Um, one of the one of the more interesting items that they do serve is a beef carpaccio, which is a raw shaved beef dish, dish which is really good. That sounds disgusting. It's amazing. Okay. Okay, moving on. All right, moving on. Uh, Hollywood and Vine. Hollywood and Vine is an all-you-care-to-enjoy buffet. Okay. It is. I've never been there, so it's a character dining. Okay. So you, you probably will never be there. I probably won't. <laughs> it was really good for an all you care to enjoy buffet. Okay. The food was really good. The macaroni and cheese on the, uh, I think it's on the kids bar of that buffet <laughs> is hands down the best macaroni and cheese almost that I've ever had. Um, what characters can you see there? It's classic characters. So okay. um, it's 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 Minnie's Hollywood and Vine restaurant. So she like she's the hostess. Okay. Mickey, Minnie, Donald, and Goofy, what, what Pluto. What garb and, are they in? What um, costume? They are in... Well, it depends on when you go. Okay. Uh, for lunch, it's actually Disney Junior characters. Oh, okay. Um, it's, you know, Sophia the First and Jake and the Neverland Pirates and, and those characters. I believe Mickey and Minnie are still there for lunch as well. But then dinner is they're in their Hollywood. Oh. They're decked out in their okay. Hollywood finest, you know, uh, I remember when we were there, Daisy came up to our table and she was wearing, uh, you know, like a diamond uh, ring okay. and bracelet yeah, yeah. and she made a big stink about it. So okay. <laughs> they're all dressed up. It's it's really nice. It's a really nice buffet. All right. Uh, moving on. We have Mama Melrose. We have both been to Mama Melrose. Yes. Um, the uh, executive chef of Mama Melrose is a very good close friend of mine. But. So we're a little biased, I guess? No. Okay. Um, I was... I was disappointed. Yeah. Um, we went and it was fairly expensive. Yeah. And it was, the food was just not what I was, what I was expecting. I would say. The server was really great. The server was great. She was friendly. She had been there literally For since the beginning of time. time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will say that I, the reason why I was disappointed was because I felt the value of what we got did not match the price yes. of what we paid. The atmosphere for that. was nice. The atmosphere the was server nice. server was nice. Yes. The drinks were nice but expensive. Um, the the th- I will say that so like we were kind of like on a side table, so it was not in the heart of it. But the heart of that restaurant is like super cheesy decor. Olive Garden. Olive Garden. Yeah. Like you have a whole bunch of flake uh, plants. 
on fake vines on these like trellises and like grapes and a whole bunch of Christmas lights hanging out around. And it just kind of felt cheap. Yeah. The portion size was not. No, it was worth really it at small. all. Yeah. Um, and it just, it was, it was a disappointing dining experience there. Um, yeah. Unfortunately. Yep. All right. We've got the sci-fi dine-in theater. Last is our last item here. Excellent. We've only been talking about food for the past three hours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> have you been to sci-fi? I have not. You have. Though. I have. Uh, I went with Katie and Jeff, two of our very good friends, and we had an amazing experience. It, it was fun. It's a fun atmosphere. You're, it feels like you're um, in a drive-in movie theater, mm-hmm. um, which there's not many of those around anymore either. But it's it feels like all of the, your tables are cars. The one negative thing I have to say about it, it was very dark in the restaurant okay. to the point where we had to turn our cell phone flashlights on to read the menu, mm. which I don't like to do. Yeah. Um, but the theming was great. It was fun to watch the the sci-fi serials running on the on the screen. Um, the food was was actually pretty good for that restaurant as well. And That's it was cool. fun. It's It's fun to sit. The only other negative thing I have to say about it is when you are sitting in the car tables, um, two people sit in the front, two people sit in the back. So it's the people to, in front, their backs are to the yeah. people behind you. So it's hard. So to it's hard to communicate. Them, it's hard yeah. to talk. Um, it, it felt a little impersonal, mm-hmm. but the overall experience in the food was actually really good. That's there. good. So I would definitely recommend that. What kind of foods? Definitely, do they have? definitely recommend um, a reservation for that restaurant because it is super busy. And if you go in and you want to um, get a, if you want to wait for a table, it literally was probably like an hour and a half wait. Um, when we went there, so as Brian's looking up what is actually on the menu, I can or I can tell that that you're slightly passionate about food, because uh, you think <laughs> because you you have quite uh, the strong opinions about your restaurant experiences, which is a good thing for what this episode is about. All right, so what do this they might have? have to be a magic hour episode. <laughs> episode. <laughs> um, what do they have on the so menu? So they serve lunch and dinner. The menus are similar. Um, it's all kind of fun Americana style food. Um, they have fried pickles. They have a shrimp and crab fondue. They have onion rings, um, a barbecue burger, a New York strip steak. Okay. That gives us an idea. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of smoked prime rib sandwich. It's kind of, uh, they have a pasta option. It's okay. kind of, it's kind of an all American kind of like a, a Applebee's if you have to, if I had to. Um, okay. So let's, compare uh, it. our last thing we want to talk about, uh, with food, at least, is Woody's lunchbox. The menu has been released about what that's going to be, and uh, it's it's interesting. It's an interesting collection of food items that you wouldn't expect in what you. I mean, you would you would assume that Woody's lunchbox would be like kids' menu items. I mean, it is. It feels like it's kind of themed for more adult kids. Okay. <laughs> um, if that makes sense. So if you're familiar with how Satuli Canteen is themed, I think this is going to be very similar because it's an all, all immersive, completely immersive world that they're creating yeah. for Toy Story. So I think the feel of it is going to be the same as Satuli Canteen where the, the theming and everything, but the menu wasn't what I was expecting. Um, a barbecue brisket melt, uh, Monte Cristo sandwich, smoked turkey sandwich, grilled three cheese sandwich, and um, tot shows, which are... Um, tater tot nachos. Oh, okay. Um, hmm. I was more expecting like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and a well, yeah, like, ham and cheese sandwich, like a lunchbox. Yep. 
So it seems like they're they they upped their game a little bit. Um, the desserts actually sound really good too. They have a um, raspberry lunchbox tart, which is going to be like a pop tart, uh, okay. a homemade pop tart. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see what it happens. We're gonna yeah. have uh, when once Toy Story Land opens, we're gonna have a couple of cast members on the show. Uh, we're gonna interview them about their experience because they're actually going for opening day. So we're gonna get. We're gonna interview opinions. them though as guests, not as cast members. Right. Yeah. But we're gonna just want to clarify. Get the experience since we're not yeah. gonna be there for opening day. Right. Which is June thirtieth. All right, so we're moving on to our movie review for this week. Movie discussion, not really movie, movie review. discussion. Yeah, we're not really reviewing it. We're just kind of talking about what we f- what we thought about the film in its progress through the history of the animated features and what our takeaways were, what our feelings were. This t- this episode's movie was Dumbo. Yes, is Dumbo. It was a nice change of pace from what we have been watching. Yeah. Um, especially going from Fantasia, which was like, eh, to Dumbo, which was kind of <laughs> like, ah. So, yeah. Well, okay. Fantasia didn't have a plot. It um, Dumbo it was, had a little plot. It, Dumbo had a little plot. I felt um, that Dumbo was similar in in uh, quality. It wasn't as like heavy storyline as it, but Wally. Didn't have a whole lot of dialogue in it. And Dumbo also didn't have a whole lot of dialogue in it. There was dialogue. Well, I mean, if you're comparing that, then... Like, I, I could almost, you could almost compare it to Pinocchio because it was kind of the same story of Pinocchio where, you know, the elephant, the mother elephant wants a son and she got a son, but he was deformed and Pinocchio had a long nose and he was a wooden boy, but he wanted uh, to be a real boy. Okay, that's stretching a little bit, <laughs> but... <laughs> no, I don't... <laughs> Uh, no, I'm keeping that in. <laughs> um, no, I think that that it was... It's a really adorable story. It felt like one of those stories that you're just... It it didn't really have a story. It was just kind of like a period of time that you're watching something happen. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like Meet Me in St. Louis. Yes. Where there was no story to it. So we were both in a, the, a community theater production of Meet Me in St. Louis. And the, the synopsis of that story is a family does not move to New York. And that's <laughs> pretty much it's, it's a year in the life of this family. Yeah. And what happens? Yeah. That's kind of the same feeling I got with Dumbo. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it was cute. The animation was good. Yeah. It tugs at the heartstrings a little bit with the mother. Um, yeah. I, OK. I noticed I did have a, a, a very strong observation. So it's always kind of been a. Uh, a, a thing that they people have said that Dumbo's mother was the one that sang Baby Mine to Dumbo. But when we're listening to it, you hear more than one female voice, and it's not Dumbo's mother singing it. It's just another, it's a song that was kind of introduced into the film. There aren't a whole lot of actual, like, for for it being a musical, I don't think it was. It's not really a musical. I mean, um, when I see an elephant fly, is pretty much the only song, song that is sung by characters in the show. Um, the everything else I feel is just kind of comes from outside of what 
the characters are doing. So another thought, if this movie was made in this day and age, do you think it would raise concerns with PETA? I I think if I think in this day and age this kind of movie wouldn't fly because I think there's a lot of animal cruelty. Yeah. Um not that I'm, I'm one of those sure, tree hugger PETA right. you know. Oh, I'm sure though there would be an issue. Even though it's animated. Even though it's animated. I'm interested to see because they're doing a live action. Right. So that one, the the live action Tim Burton film that's coming out soon is going to be a continuation from the story. Oh, so it's it not a remake? No, it's not a remake. Oh, okay. It picks up right where the first movie left off. And which, surprising to me, Dumbo doesn't fly till the end of the movie. Yeah. Like, I thought he was going to, like... Like, I thought that's what the movie was going to be about. I think that's the whole crux of the movie, is that Dumbo fl- can fly. Right. And I, and so it'll be interesting to see what this Tim Burton version picks up as, because that it'll be in continuation of him flying and, right. and yeah. what happens. Yeah. Um, Do you have a favorite song from the movie? Honestly, I can't remember any song. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I remember If I Seen Elephant Fly. Yeah. There's, that was um, it. Mr. Stork at the very beginning of the film. That was another strange thing about the movie. The movie starts out with the introductory song, Look Out for Mr. Stork, and it's a bunch of storks kind of flying in, delivering babies. There is not much of a setup. It's just we're all, we're kind of thrown into the story um, without any kind of introduction beforehand what's going on. Uh, And so we get these cute, it's a cute little scene um, and then there's baby mine. There's when I seen elephant fly, there's the whole pink elephant song, which was a complete acid trip. <laughs> For serious. <laughs> it, that did not fit in the movie yeah. at all whatsoever. I, I get what it was supposed to be, but that's not what happens when you get drunk. And that's another thing. Disney movies these days would never have that kind of. Yeah, no. So Dumbo gets drunk in the movie. And Dumbo's a, a kid. Yes. Like a baby. A baby elephant, so it's not like a human, but yes. Yeah, he, but to a five-year-old seeing he get, it. He gets drunk. Um, the it, mouse gets drunk, too. The mouse gets drunk, too. It's it's not um, blatant enough, I think, for mm. little kids. It'll, it would go over little kids' heads. It went over my head when I was young. Okay. I didn't understand what was going on. I just thought it was a weird scene. So... Um, yeah, the whole pink elephant thing. There were some really interesting, cool animation techniques that were used in that sequence. And I think that's what the purpose of that no, scene was No, I think you're trying for. to stretch it. No, I think, <laughs> I think that's what that purp- the scene purpose was. It was okay. to showcase the technology that they had now. Because, I mean, they did a lot of, of uh, backlit cells in that scene and that was a technique that was developed for Fantasia. Um, so yeah, it was just kind of, it well, was, it's kind of like there's the same kind of thing in Winnie the Pooh with the Heffalump song. Yeah. Yeah. It's an acid trip. Yeah. Um, so there is one tie in one major tie in to the parks for Dumbo. Well, it's the classic Dumbo. Ride. It's the cra- classic Dumbo ride. Yeah. And now that I have seen the movie, because I don't think I've ever seen the movie before. I know I haven't seen it. Um, I, it makes me appreciate the ride a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's an up and down ride. Nothing exciting about right. it at all. Um, but I get the whole theming of the circus. Right. And like, like right. it just didn't make sense when you don't see the movie. It, it's an enjoyable film. It's not anything super heavy story wise. 
I mean, it's. A, I think it was made to meant to be a feel good kind of film. Yeah, especially after Fantasia. Yeah, because Fantasia was a heavy film, more geared towards adults than it was kids. Definitely, this was very much a geared towards kids kind of movie. Yep. Also, can I just make a comment about how vicious and terrible those women elephant were? It was just, they were really, really mean. Um, I just didn't, I don't know. It was it kind of, a, it was a weird thing. I think it was meant to kind of help tug at the heartstrings kind of feel to it. Make you, feel, make you feel bad. More for sympathy the, for yeah. Dumbo, yeah. Okay, it is time for my favorite segment, uh, Disney trivia. Dun, 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 dun. What is? Do you have a piece of trivia for us today, of course, Mr. I Brian? Do. I'm a fountain of knowledge. Um, my favorite thing as a cast member, one of my favorite things as a cast member, was to watch the magical transformation of the parks during the holiday seasons, from um, summertime to Halloween to Christmas, and then back to spring. Especially in Epcot, because we have all of the festivals in Epcot. Mm-hmm. The transformations happen all year long. But transformations happen, obviously, at night. Um, and they usually happen within one or two days. Um, the parks are literally transformed. If you've ever been there for holidays, all of the decorations and everything usually comes out within one, if not two, uh, nights of work. Overnight work. Um, so my piece of trivia is that it takes over 150 tractor trailers full of decorations to deck the halls throughout the parks um, for Christmas. Christmas time is magical through the parks. The decorations are spectacular. Um, and when I remember walk, working at Epcot, you would walk through the parks and it literally one day you would walk through and there'd be nothing. And the next day you walk through and it is decked out for Christmas. The trimmings, the trees, everything is done overnight, and it's really magical, uh, even for a cast member. Yeah, actually, as a side note of that, they have uh, a complete uh, workshop hangar-type building, warehouse thing, uh, back behind Magic Kingdom. It's, uh, I forget what it's called. It's something about holidays something. But they actually construct all of the Christmas trees and uh, all of those decorations back backstage and then they truck everything into the parks so you can actually drive back there um you're not supposed to but you can <laughs> you can drive back there and see all of the decorations they'll have not like all of them full, they usually well, have they usually have the trees on trailers yeah they, they'll have like a, a tree standing up on a trailer and it's fully decorated and then they bring that into the park all right so what's what's your little piece of Disney trivia for the evening. My piece of trivia it comes from the attraction Expedition Everest. Uh, so when it was originally opened, there there's a um, slightly spoiler alert. There's a yeti that's on the mountain, uh, and he was not functioning properly. He he functioned properly for the first couple of. Uh, of weeks of operation and um, uh, I guess it was it was a couple of months into it where they realized that they had made some kind of miscalculation with the animatronic and uh, he was 
pulling too hard on the support beams and it was kind of starting to uh, potentially damage the structure of the mountain. So they shut it down. Uh, they, they, they shut the Yeti animatronic down. There are three different modes that the Yeti animatronic run operates in. The A mode is obviously like the main one. Uh, the C mode is that it's just standard sitting there with the lights on it. But what we have now that in the parks is the B mode where it has a strobe light effect flashing onto the Yeti so that it looks like it's kind of moving. I think there is still you, a little bit of movement yeah. to it. Um, but it's not what it was. Right. It was it was a complete moving animatronic that yeah. would that would come down and, and was really cool. Yep. Um, but unfortunately it's not functioning. It was gonna be too expensive and just illogical for them to to re do that whole section of the ride. Yeah, so they would they, have to. They decided to just put it into B mode. Yeah, they would have to shut down the ride for too long, and it would not be great for. It would be too too financially straining for what the outcome would be. All right, thank you for joining us for this week's episode. So for next week, uh, we decided that we were going to do something a little different. You're going to spice it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, I I think that it would be fun, instead of going chronologically through all of these movies, if we did them at random. So uh, you'll never know, except for this first time, you will never know what episode we will be watching next week. What movie we'll be watching next week. What did I say? Episode. That's what I meant. What movie we'll be watching next week. Okay. So I have this little um, wheel spinny thing with all of the movie, the animated features in here. And I am going to spin the wheel and we will see what movie we have. All right. Here we go. What do we got? And it is Beauty oh, and the Beast. Look at that. All right. Finally something a little bit more entertaining. <laughs> All right, so for next week, our uh, our movie episode or movie section is going to be about Beauty and the Beast. We'll be talking about the movie itself and uh, all of the attractions and things in the parks that have to do with that movie. All right, I look forward to it. We'll also be talking about Epcot, one of my favorite uh, parks, and uh, we'll be talking about the rides at Epcot. Yes, we'll be talking specifically about the rides because there aren't a whole lot of them, uh, but the ones that are there are pretty awesome. There's one there that's not there anymore that I really miss. Ellen's Energy Adventure. No. <laughs> no, that one was nice. It was a nice 45-minute nap in the middle of the day whenever it's super hot and you need air conditioning. But uh, my favorite was Ma- uh, Maelstrom, which is now frozen. So it's just not the same. But we'll talk about all of that stuff next week. Um We have a new little section that we're going to be adding to our podcast uh, where Brian is going to give us a recipe for a food item, uh, some kind of food, something that ties in with the movie that we have just watched. Um, What is that food item today? So this week's food item will be pommiers, uh, also known as elephant ears. It's a little French cookie 
style item. It's a puff pastry, cinnamon sugar. It's super simple to make. When you roll it up and bake it, they bake to look like little elephant ears. Well, that's adorable. They're precious. Absolutely. So I will share the uh, recipe and some pictures of it on all of our social media. Yeah, and you'll be able to find that recipe at The Duck and Mouse on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, if you have any questions about our uh, our podcast, if you have any uh, suggestions about subjects we should be talking about, feel free to give us an email at uh, duckandmousepodcast at gmail.com. And I think that's going to do it for today. Oh, yeah. Uh, be sure to subscribe on whatever social media or whatever podcasting platform that you subscribe to. Um, give us a review on iTunes, even if it's just a couple of stars, uh, so that people can find us on iTunes. Um, if that's going to be it, then I guess we I will all we see got. you next week. See, see you real soon. All right. My travel tip this week is going to be to, uh, Make sure that if you are staying for more than uh, four days, if you're going to try to do the, the four days in four parks, good luck to you. But if you're going to stay for longer and you kind of want to break from the parks, I would suggest taking some time to go to Disney Springs. It's a new, uh, it's been newly renovated since they shut down uh, Pleasure Island and the D downtown Disney area. It's been renovated. It looks absolutely beautiful. Uh, free to get in. There's no uh, parking charges or anything like that. And my other suggestion would be to take a ferry boat to the French Quarter Resort and get a beignet from their cafeteria. Because you, can, you can pick that boat up at Disney Springs. Yes, there's a Disney Springs boat from there to uh, the French Quarter and to New Orleans uh, resort and they are really beautiful resorts um, you can walk around that area and kind of I, I know it sounds really strange to walk around a, a hotel <laughs> but it's really well themed and the cafeteria area in uh, is it it's called Saratoga or Sas Sasagula is what it's called I think um, I've never been there. So okay. Uh, they have beignets there. <laughs> they are so good. So go get a beignet, spend some time at Disney Springs, and take a break from the parks. 